Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. You're listening to Sci-Fi Wire from the Con, recorded live from the Sci-Fi Wire stage at New York Comic Con 2019. New York Comic Con. Right here sitting next to me, we have the man, the myth, the Canadian, the man who next week will become the record holder for creating the longest running independent comic. Creator ever. owned. Creator, Creator owned, owned comic. Yes, independent. Todd McFarlane. I gotta say yeah, your name, okay. Todd. Right. Come on, take the applause. That's it. Give it up for Todd McFarlane. Okay, so let's go back. If you say independent, a corporation can own that independence, right? There are corporations that are independent comic book publishers. I'm talking about creator-owned, right? Since 1992, we started. I'm an advocate about creator-owned, and it's creator-owned that the person who started it 27 years ago is still driving the car 27 years later, right? So corporations won't let you do that. So anyways, it's creator-owned. That, that, that's the bigger piece for me. So. You're, you're in, the, in this crazy several months stretch of creating, you know, history twice over. You know, one with issue 300, a momentous number to reach, no matter what kind of book it is. Right. But for a creator-owned book, it's amazing. And now 301, you're, you're breaking the record that you currently share with Dave Sim. Right. Canadian, uh, another fellow Canadian. Right. So the previous world record was held by Dave Sim, a book on Cerebus. Canadian. And now uh, on Wednesday, officially, although I just got my batch today, of 301, a record gets broken by another Canadian, which begs the question, what the hell's happening to the rest of you in the world, right? Come on, somebody pick up the slack. Can't be Canadians all the time. So somebody in Bolivia, come on, step up, step up. In all seriousness, getting back to issue 301. I am I want to ask you. I want to ask you about the pressure of getting it made because these books are, are incredibly difficult to do on a normal basis, but these anniversary issues, these special issues with multiple covers, which one caused you more agita? <laughs> here's, here's what I know, ladies and gentlemen. When I was younger, I would stay up day and night to get the deadlines done. You just did it, right? I see some young people in here, right? When you're young, right? Man, you can just do it, right? If you're, left, if you're right-handed, don't do that. It hits the heart, only if you're left-handed. Uh, so you can do it all the time. So I did the foolish act of thinking, I'm going to do a triple-sized issue at 300, and I'm going to come right back with a double size for 301, right? That's a young people's sport, right? Let me tell you right now, I, 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 put, I, I did a couple all-nighters. I did a couple all-nighters. My wife didn't see me for about a month going, this is just like when you were young. And I'm like, yeah. But it was, it, I, I just went, wow. I forgot, I forgot the heavy lifting of how much work doing like triple deadlines, bi-weeklies, and all that. Thinking on trains, planes, and automobiles. I did. I don't know if any of you guys literally. Follow, uh, no, no, no. I don't. I don't know if any of you follow me on Instagram. Those pictures, people were asking me. I was showing you those pictures. I literally was inking. Well, there was one where it was like Greg was getting Greg Capullo was getting his tires changed. 
So while we were waiting for the oil and the tires to get changed, I was inking. I was on ferries when we went to Canada I, I, in the car and, and boats, planes, uh, at the barber. I don't know if you saw the one, the barber. And the lady started... I did see that one. Yes, I, I, did. I should put I up did. the video. I've got the video where she started spritzing my hair. And I'm going, that's ink. You can't spritz the hair while I'm, I'm inking here. So the answer is yes. And so, but here's the thing, because I used to do it when I did Spider-Man. You can, you can do it. How do you ink in a car? Because a boat's pretty smooth. A plane is super smooth. The, plane, the car is the one that bounces, right? Here's how you can ink in a car. You just make sure that you leave stuff that's inkable, which basically means like bushes, explosions, debris, or, or like explosion line. You can't do human faces because otherwise you have an eye down here and you have your nose up here. So what happens is, and this, I, I learned this trick when I was young, when I used to have deadlines and it was an hour drive to the FedEx. My assistant would drive and I would finish it up. But it has to be the backgrounds on the, in a car. So you'd sit there and you do an explosion or something and you go, no, 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 fuck. Oh, yeah, fuck, that looks good, right? You need to, and, the children, and it, just, the children. And it, it has to be stuff. Oh, excuse me. And you have to be doing it so that every time you bounce, it still is okay. So I can show you where I hit potholes and you guys will never know that I hit a pothole on that one. You're going to go, you do such good explosions and trees, Todd. So, You are a very versatile inker, inker because while in the process of making that book, I was doing an interview with Greg Capullo one day at Capullo's uh, yeah. estate, and Todd shows up, and he picks up some pages, and all of a sudden we're eating food, and on the countertop right there where everyone's eating, Todd's sitting there starting to ink, and, just, and I'm, we're like, me and the photographer and, and the audio guy, we're like, you want to move the pages away so you don't drop your food on top of it? Because he's eating a sandwich like while he's inking. And I was like, what are you doing? Like, how easily does that come to you now that you can ink while doing multiple things? Uh, it's interesting. I had a, uh, there's an inker in the business that works for DC, does a lot of the Batman stuff uh, over Capullo, uh, Jonathan Glapian. And he came out to the house for a couple of days. And I said, you're going to help me ink, do a little bit of inking? And then we were just inking on my kitchen counter. My kitchen counter is made out of little small tiles. So he was just sitting there and I started inking and he started and then he went, Todd, there's, there's like grooves in the tiles, right? And I went, suck it up, buttercup, right? Just get it done. Like we're here, we got to get work done, right? And so I go I'll, go, I'll get you a piece of cardboard if you need a piece of cardboard. But here's, here's the thing. You don't get to 300 issues by thinking that every page, every line, every panel has to be perfect. At some point you're gonna give birth to ugly babies if you just do enough work. And you have to accept that some babies are gonna be ugly, right? And so there's, and at this point in my career, and I say it with Greg and everybody else, I just go, there is nothing you're gonna put on a piece of paper that's gonna define your career. There's nothing. There's not one thing that I'm gonna do that people are gonna go, oh, I liked them for 20 years, but that one panel, I'm done with that guy. Good riddance, it doesn't happen. So you just make sure you give enough good stuff that they basically get blinded to the bad stuff. Because my entire career, my style is built on this, right? People used to come up to me all the time and say, Todd, you do the best buildings. When I was doing Spider-Man, you do the best buildings. And my answer was, show me. I don't do, I don't do good buildings. They're like, no, 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 no. And I go, show me the panel then. And so what they, what they had done in their head was I would do a big drawing here, here'd be the page, and then I'd do a big Spider-Man, 
and then I would cut the panel shorter so I'd have to do even less drawing. Those panels that people go, oh, I love it when you have Spider-Man jumping out of the panels. It's because if you make the panel behind them smaller, that's two inches you don't have to draw. <laughs> it's true. It's true. So now this style becomes deadline capable. And so they would sit there. I have Spider-Man and then I shrink the panel and then I'd have a little bit of building here and a little bit of building here and a little bit of building here. And people thought I drew all of Manhattan because they basically projected behind Spider-Man all the rest of the buildings. And I didn't do them. I'm here to tell you, I didn't do them. Go look back, analyze the work. You're going to go, that cheating SOB, right? <laughs> but this is how you get books done and eventually this is how you get to 301 there's only one way you get to 301 books you just got to do work and are they all good no if you do anything with longevity so you got 30 years of spawn 27 you're going to have high points and low points high points and low points and you just have to accept it you try to do the best you can and then you do it and all of a sudden some turn out better than others and then you go and you do another issue so you know what happened 10 seconds after I hit the button for 301 that set the record? You know what I was doing? Writing the plot to 302. Because there's another book that's coming a month after that book, right? You don't get to sit around and rest on your laurel and go look at me, look how good I am. Starting with 302, though, Jason Sean Alexander, who's the artist, I'm going to cut him down from 20 pages to 15, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start eking myself back into it. I'm going to do five pages every book and start working my way back into it. So the, yeah. the reset that kind of happened with the book, we could call it a reset uh, in issue 300. It, it was that done to kind of set the, the tableau for the next several years of spawn? For the next how, 300. How, how far do you really look out uh, in terms of planning out the, the, the stories? Uh, realistically. Not a, realistically, not as far as you would think. I, I had to do my 10 pages here in 301. And probably six days before I had to go to print, I go, I better, I better come up with a story, right? So, you, like, I, I know a general view of what I'm trying to do, but the specifics of it, I leave that to the smart writers. I don't, I don't do that, right? I remember, I remember when issue number one came out, I had a writer that came and visited me, and I literally, I had the pages, and I had roughed them all out, and I had them on the ground, and, and all of a sudden I was standing there, and I went, and he's going, what are you doing? And I'm going, I'm just moving them around to see what sort of looks better. And he was horrified that, like, I didn't have my story for Spawn 1. And I just went, no, this order seems kind of cool. And that's, that's a pretty good-looking thing. And now I'm, I'm going to write it. Now I'm going to write that. So there's, it's just a deadline business, and you just got to get it done. You got to just get it done. Come on, right? We can't, we can't, it can't all be precious stuff. And, and what ends up happening is that now, after 300 issues, it's the body of work that they judge. They don't judge the one book. It's the body of work that they'll judge. And so I'm always trying to advocate for people, like, do more work, do more work, do more work, and the whole will become way better than the parts, right? So it took, it took 27 years. Hopefully, if, if I'm healthy, you know, I'll go another 27 which means then that'd be 54 years. So if anybody's 20, there's a couple of young kids for you to basically get to whatever record I'm at at that point, because every issue thereafter, after 301 is a new record, is that then all of a sudden I'll be at issue 600. So the only way you're going to break it is that you have to, at the age of 20, 
decide what you're going to do till you're 74. Who's that maniac, right? That, if you're that crazy, you're probably going to be a serial killer, right? So you're not even going to be a comic book artist. So I'm going to put this record so far out of hand that nobody's even going to want to touch it. They're going to go, let the old man have that. That's the stupidest record. You've, just... you've, you've basically answered the question I was going to ask you now, which is when your buddy Robert Kirkman ended The Walking Dead in the yeah, quitter. manner that Robert he did. Kirkman, quitter. <laughs> Only 193 issues. I mean, wow. Yeah. Game. Yeah. Robert, but, but look at this. And this is, this is why it's weird, because when I was talking to Robert Kirkman, when Robert Kirkman quit at 193, I was encouraging him, go to at least 200. Why don't you go to 200, right? He had his reason, and I, I didn't agree with it, but okay, fine. But he just went, Todd, to get to 300, which is where you're at, that's another decade. He goes, I can't even, I can't go there, Todd. I can't do this for 10 more years. So everybody has their stories and their characters, and they, and, and they have a certain amount of time that they're willing to do it, right? I'm not saying that you have to do something for the rest of your life. I, like, okay, I'm, but I'm, I'm wired for it. One of the questions they're asking me, how do, you, how, how, do you, how do you keep doing it, 300, 300? I'm going to tell you. I'm going to give you the secret to 300. I also have a toy company. We do stuff in Hollywood, and I deal with businesses and stuff like that. And, if you, and I do non-spawn meetings with other human beings, and it drives me crazy, humanity at times, especially when you're dealing with billion-dollar companies. And you have these crazy conversations with 20 people in a conference room and they say stuff that you just go, what? And it just makes no sense. All of you have been in those meetings that you've walked out going, this doesn't make any sense to me, right? And it's aggravating and, it's, and it pisses you off at times and you just get wore out. And then when I walk out of those meetings in the corner in my office is my baby. And I go, and this guy, I don't have to ask anybody's permission. I don't have to get anybody's approval. I don't have to ask if anything I'm doing is right or wrong. I just get to do it, good, bad, or indifferent. So why do I keep doing Spawn? Because it's, it literally is oxygen to my soul after dealing with corporations and doing a bunch of licensing stuff that I do, or dealing with Hollywood, or doing whatever it is, I get to come, and, it's, and if I didn't have this, I would be insane. So I, I'm still, I still got... Along those lines, you had, what, 17 variant covers for 301? No, no. No, maybe that was 300. 300? So, okay. so these are in a little bit. You have bit. multiple different artists. I got a lot. This is Alex Ross. Alex he's Ross, super, he's, he's really Scott cool. Jay Scott Campbell did some cool, did you funky call all ones. these guys yourself? And then, yeah, yeah. Like and then I did, I did, the subtle, look at, I did the subtle cover here. Spawn holding up a crown, right? Come on, if you're going to set a record and he's going to be the king, the king, then I go, come on. I, I, is this, this is part the, of the reason why you're saying that it, it, it's, it's soothing to the soul that you're able to conduct this business directly? Like you can call Alex and you can call, you know, J. Scott Campbell and say, hey, guys, you want to do a cover? Oh, no, better this? than that. There's been nobody that's ever worked on my book that I didn't like, right? Because I get, I get full control over it. So if I don't like you... I'm never going to ask you to do work on it. Like, this is the best thing about having your own book or having your own job or having something that you are spending your time and your effort and your money. Two things have to happen. You have to spend your time and you have to spend your own money. You spend your own money, which is the key. You spend your own money. You can do whatever you want. You buy, if you're going car shopping and it's your cash, 
Buy whatever car you want. Who cares if they think the color is ugly? Who cares if they think the style is ugly? Who cares? It's your car. You get to drive it any way you see fit. Because now, if somebody else is going to pay for the car, you may have to ask them what they think, right? But no, when it's yours. So I wish I had all the money to make the movie because then I wouldn't be asking their permission to basically, what do I got to do? So you guys just sign off on the movie. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Since you brought it up, Yep. What is the latest on the film? Oh, so oh, I'm doing a rewrite. I've got the studios. Here's what I'm, here's what I'm banking on again. Last year, because I always need a reason to keep going. Last year, it was like, at this time last year, was Venom. And then all of a sudden, Venom pops, and I get to go, I co-created Venom. And they're like, yeah, what else? And you go, wow, I got to, issue 300 is going to be the number one book in the country. Disney owns Marvel, billion-dollar company. Warner Brothers owns DC, billion-dollar company. I got me and I got Shannon and Carmen. They're right there. That's all I got. Right? Hi, Disney, Shannon, hi, Disney and Warner Disney and Warner Brothers are overthinking it. I got two. I got two. They got a billion of them. And so I go, how can you guys not outsell my book? So we're going to do it. But even better, this weekend, there's a movie coming out called Joker. And here's what Hollywood is very good at. Replicating. So Joker opens up, and I hope all of you will go see it. If Joker opens up big, they're going to go, oh, my gosh, you know what we need to start doing? R-rated, dark, superhero comic books, right? And I'm going to stand up, and I go, I've got one for you. And they'll go, oh, my gosh, where's that been? I've been trying to shove it down your throat for the last three years, you idiot. So it, we'll, we'll get it done. We'll get it done. Still in, in tech, Jamie, I talked Jamie to Fox. Jamie last week. Jamie, Jamie Foxx is attached to it. Jamie Foxx, if you haven't seen it, go look for it. It's doing a movie right now coming up called Just Mercy. Go look, up, go look it up. It's based on a true story about somebody with Michael B. Jordan. Uh, Michael B. Jordan and, and Brie Larson. So, so all these superhero people coming and doing this cool drama that there's talk about it being up for Academy Awards. Maybe Jamie and a couple of the other actors and the story itself. And then there's another trailer I just saw the other day called Uncut Gems. Go take a look at this one. It's super cool. It looks like I want Spawn to look like in terms of the grittiness of it. Adam Sandler is the star of it, but it's just the underbelly of New York. That script had floated New York for 10 years. It was done, and it took them 10 years to finally get somebody to get out. I wish I could move the glaciers faster. The name's Todd, only rhymes with God. I don't get to control all of that stuff. So I just... I'm just going to be as tenacious with getting this thing done as I am with this. And Jamie is pushing. My agents are pushing. We'll, we'll get it done. We'll get it, like, I'm, I'm, we'll get it done. Jamie Reiner's still attached. Greg Nicotero's still involved with Right, it. everybody. This yeah. is it. That's why I don't get it. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I don't, I don't, they, can, they can spend $45 million making, uh, you know, what was the movie that just opened up to less than $3 million, right? Uh, Goldfinch, right? Uh, it was based on a book. 45 million was a budget and opened up to less than 3 million. So I would take half of that and then we can go do our movie. But what are you going to do? So, ladies and gentlemen, I've just been told we have something very special to show you guys today. Oh. Something no one else has seen ever. Yeah. First so, time world premiere. No, they told, they told me before I came out. I haven't seen it either. So here's what, the, here's what they did Sci Fi came for the last couple months and have been dogging my tail. And they were there through issue 300 and some other stuff. So they basically got to see all the sort of the good, the bad, and the indifferent of my life and 
putting the 300 book together yeah, yeah. that's going to go. You guys should have been around for 301 because that was even more hysterical in terms of trying to get it out. That's going to set the Guinness Book World Record that we're going to get out. But I, I guess they've got a trailer. I, I haven't yeah, even seen it the, myself. The world premiere of the trailer for the sci-fi documentary on Todd McFarlane. We're going to show it to you right now. Oh, first time. Where is it? You think back to the 90s, the horror elements of Spawn really made it stand out. All the spikes and the chains and the fire, it was something that was completely unique. We were the, basically the stars of the industry at that point. They're opening up a whole new sort of lane of, of, of business. This guy did a little bit of Spider-Man, created Spawn, he's got a toy company. That makes toys. This is insane. I'm living up in Calgary, Alberta. I was a comic book fiend. And on this show, somebody's holding up a comic book page. The guy holding it is the artist, John Byrne. And from that moment on, I started the drive of trying to get into comic books. It's not hard to do something for eight hours a day if you want to do it or you enjoy it. You can't just be determined for the sake of being determined. There has to be some purpose that is doable in a fair-minded way. When he does like things a certain way, he sees it differently than everybody else, and you get it. That focus that I have can be a detriment to the point that I get so focused, I lose track of other things. I don't know how many people could get hundreds of rejection letters saying, you don't have it, give it up. They're going to always try and say, it's not possible, don't do it. Don't listen to them. Todd started Image Comics and was doing Spawn. It was a pretty small operation. It was just him and I. I don't think he had a master plan of creating his own comic book company. The original concept of Spawn was this guy who was in love with this woman and it's taken away from him. He just wants to go back and say goodbye one last time. He makes literally the deal with the devil. Todd did for toys what he did for comics. It came in and he brought extra detail, more devotion to how the toys actually look. To be able to see some of the pieces he did of me in uniform was uh, was a real treat. There were people who liked to stick to comics, but he went for it. And it turned out very, very well for him. The same thing with the movie, right? I enjoyed watching how he got that movie made. amazing to see the fan interaction between Todd and his fans. That is the coolest thing to see. Without the fans, then we don't have a career. The fan is never a nuisance. He takes this drive to push boundaries, do things in a little different way, but always be there for the fans. Change in the world will always come from the outside. It will never come from the inside because the people that are on the inside will always be beholden to the system. Take that inspiration and do it. Can, I can think I, they liked can, it. Can I add one thing? Spawn 300 was a week late. It was because of these guys. <laughs> because I'm trying to get my pages done, and they're going, can you walk up a mountain? Right? Can you do, can you do like this stupid stuff? And I'm like, it doesn't seem supernatural to me. And plus, I got pages I got to get done, which is why you saw a couple pictures I put on Instagram where I was at the top of the mountain I was inking because while they were setting up their shots, I had to get pages done, right? The top of the mountains. Uh, your boys were really hot that day, right? Because I live in Phoenix, 110 degrees, and I'm like a cockroach, right? I can just live through anything. And these people were just melting, just going, I can't do this anymore, Todd. And I'm like, 
you were the one that told me we had to come up here in the middle of my deadline. It's ridiculous. So you guys are going to finish this. We're going to finish it. But otherwise, the book would have got done, and I wouldn't have to we'll bump it We'll take the week. blame because this yes, thing is going to be fantastic. Uh, it's going to air later this year on the Sci-Fi Network to, to stay up to date on all the latest developments with it and to find out when and where exactly it's going to air. Subscribe to Sci-Fi Wire's newsletter at scifiwire.com slash newsletter. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Todd McFarlane. Hey, thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody, coming by. Thanks. Thanks.